Hello, thank you for joining us. We are going to continue our study against all odds. Today we're going to be talking about one of the kings of Israel. He was actually the king of Judah, and his name is Hezekiah. He was described by the Bible as a righteous king. In fact, he was so righteous that there were few who could be compared to him for removing and purging idolatry from the land of Israel. He, in fact, removed the high places. One of the few things that was ever said about even the most righteous of kings. Hezekiah finds himself in a place in his kingdom where the enemy has surrounded him. A viable threat has come against his kingdom. He is the king of Assyria. And this kingdom was a warring people, and they now have encamped outside the walls of well, Jerusalem. If you look at the, just one more note about King Hezekiah, is the Bible says and describes him as a man who trusted the Lord. You'll remember him. He was the man who it was said that he was going to die, and he's the one who prayed, and the Lord added 15 years to his life. But there was a viable threat that came to uh, him in that day and into the people. The Assyrian army, they were known uh, as a warring people. In fact, they were one of the few nations that required every male, no matter what their social standing, they had to be a soldier and spend time in their armies. And they they would go in and, and wipe out entire cities. And they were known for their torture and tormenting their captors, even to the point of of skinning them alive wow. and doing horrific, horrific things to them. Well, Hezekiah knew the threat was real because already the northern kingdom, Israel, had already fallen to this enemy and they had been taken captive. And what did the enemy kept telling Hezekiah over and over again? He said, I've destroyed everybody. Could they stand up against me? Did they stand up against me? How about them? I destroyed them. He was a, a master at manipulation and propaganda. Didn't he also declare over and over, it wasn't just the nations that he had destroyed, but he had destroyed their gods as well? Yes. He, his lies were so insidious, in fact, that we find this story in, in 2 Kings 19, 18 and 19. His lies were so in, insidious that he said, in fact, your God has sent me to destroy you. Isn't that the way the enemy... Always his first go-to is, God is doing this to you. God is doing it. This is God's wrath against you. This is the will of God that you be destroyed. But we don't see that as being the truth. No. We see what did happen was that Sennacherib sent his main men out mm -hmm. to to Judah, to the king, to issue threats. And now, they weren't speaking in their native language. They were speaking Hebrew. Mm -hmm. They were speaking so everyone in the city could hear it and could be terrified by what they were hearing. And whenever King Hezekiah's men said, don't speak in Hebrew, we'll speak to you in your native language, said, no, everybody deserves to hear this. Satan is not after just, just to get fear into your life. He wants to get fear in every single person's life because anybody he can control with fear, he can completely destroy. Well, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say that he was trying to bring forth a pandemic of 
fear yes. by feeding that into the into the people's life. But what was Hezekiah's response to that? Well, as as we look here over and over again, the men said, "Don't listen to Hezekiah. Mm -hmm. Don't listen to Hezekiah when he tells you that God's going to protect you. Don't listen to Hezekiah when he says that the Lord is faithful. Don't listen to Hezekiah. He said that over and over again. Well, but, in fact, the scripture tells us there in 18 um he says there, don't, do not listen to Hezekiah who makes you trust in God. <laughs> and then he says, do not listen to Hezekiah when, he, when uh, he tells them there that God will deliver you. But what, he, what, does, he do, what does he say? He says, to, don't listen to Hezekiah, but listen to the king of Assyria. Mm, listen to the fear. Listen to the voice of fear. And listen to circumstance. Mm. That's what you've got to listen to. You've got to park yourself in front of the voice of fear and the voice of circumstance and just feed on it. Don't listen to hope. Don't yes. listen to promise. Don't listen to the word of God. What he was saying is Hezekiah is out of touch with reality. So would you say that there's there's voices that can be around us trying to bring a pandemic of fear in telling you don't trust in God or the voices that would tell you to trust in God and don't trust in the voices that would tell you that God will deliver you. And don't trust in the voices that say that God is not responsible for this because it's God's will that you die. Mm. So what, uh, what was uh, Hezekiah's response to this? Hezekiah was a very wise king. Yes. He said, do not answer a word. Don't say a word. You see throughout scripture, this has been a tactic of the Lord to gain victory over and over again over fear. Don't talk back. Mm -hmm. Don't have a conversation with a liar. It's going nowhere good. We see that in um, Joshua, whenever they surrounded Jericho. What, he tell, what was his first tactic of warfare? Do not march in silence. Shut your mouth. In other words, you can talk yourself out and he knew it very well. of the blessing of God. Because he'd spent 40 years. Because of another group of 10 people who spread a pandemic of fear and made everybody believe that God wouldn't and they couldn't and they can't. Mm -hmm. And they had to spend 40 years in a desert wandering around in the heat and drinking water from a rock and, and, and knowing that there's good crops and there's houses and there's all kinds of promises for them, but they can't have it right. because they can't walk in it because they can't keep their mouth under control. That's no wonder James says a man who can control his tongue is a perfect man. So should we ever have conversations with the enemy? No, because to have a, a conversation with a, a liar is not a worthwhile endeavor. No. I mean, what John 8 and 44 says that Satan is the father of lie, mm -hmm. lies. It says that when he speaks, he is actually speaking his native language is lies. That's mm -hmm. his language. So when he's talking... He's lying. So if you're listening to him and you're having that conversation with fear, how do you know it's not God, the conversation of fear? Well, we know because Paul told Timothy what? Mm -hmm. I'm giving you a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. So if it's fear talking, it's not God. Mm -hmm. Now, don't listen, but certainly don't speak. Yes. Don't yes. get involved in the narrative. And we see that... that as we as we take that advice, my mother used to tell me so when I was a kid all the time. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Well, y'all were a quiet family. We were a very quiet family. <laughs> you must not have much good to we say. We didn't have much good to say, <laughs> but 
I would say as a child of God, I've had to learn if I don't have words of faith to say, maybe I need to yeah. take a step back and maybe I need to, uh, to, to listen to the Lord's voice. Well, because what voice, if you don't have anything good to say, mm -hmm. it's probably because you haven't been listening to anything good. Exactly. As we go further here, as we look at the, at the scriptures, we see Hezekiah. He would not and refused to listen. He knew the threat was viable. He knew the threat was real. It was real. dire. It, it was dire. dire. Mm -hmm. But he said he put on sackcloth. Mm. He, he put on sackcloth and he laid everything out before the Lord. Whenever Israelites would put on sackcloth and ashes, it was a, ashes was a, a was a representation of, of something insignificant. Mm -hmm. But they would put on this this goat hair garment that was irritable, this sackcloth, mm -hmm. and it was a, not only used by the mourners but also those who were repentant, and they were saying, "I need help, Lord. I need help." And so they humbled themselves. The word of the yes. Lord tells us, humble yourself in the sight of God and he will lift you up. Mm. Both James and Peter make this statement. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Well, what did the psalmist say? A broken and a contrite spirit the Lord will not despise. despise. But you know, pride looks horrible on the king and on the servant. Mm. But humility looks good both on the servant and the king. Mm. And so it doesn't matter our, where we're at in our stage of life or what positions we may hold. I want you to know the one of the most uh, attributing factor, one of the most attractive, yeah, attractive attributes to any child of God is humility. But not only attractive to other people, but who is it most attractive to? To the Lord. God is attracted to humility. The Lord doesn't want us to live in a state where we think we can have all the control and power. A humble spirit is one that is dependent. They say, Lord, I depend upon you. It's in our weakness. We're made strong. That we're made strong in the Lord. Well, we see that, though, in Hezekiah. While he was a righteous king, which means he was in right standing with God, he had sought to obey God with his whole heart and put the kingdom in order according to the commands of God. So he's here, and he has this righteous um, reputation, mm -hmm. but he didn't rely on that. He said, you know what, God, I'm still, I, there's an enemy, yeah. and there's a threat, and my life could be lost, and the life of everybody around me. I've already seen our, our sister kingdom, if you mm -hmm. will. Israel has gone into captivity because of their sin, and here we are, Lord, and are we any better than them? Are we any stronger than them? And they humbled themselves. But what did he do next? He sought the voice of God. And the voice of God in that day was in the mouth of the prophet. And when he did, how long did it take the Lord to turn the circumstance around? Not long at all. As a matter of fact, the word of God came back from Isaiah the prophet. And this is what he says. Thus says the Lord, do not be afraid of the words you have heard with which the king of Assyria has blasphemed me. Behold, I am putting a spirit in him, and he will hear a rumor and will return to his own country and there die. God said, I will defeat the man with a rumor. Now that's powerful. Don't be afraid of his words. I can turn this around with as something as small and insignificant 
as just the thought of something going wrong. The enemy camped out around Israel. Mm -hmm. God had caused in one night a plague to hit that entire camp and 180,000 soldiers. That wasn't all of the soldiers, but 180,000 185,000 soldiers in one night died mm -hmm. because the Lord wiped them out. Then Sennacherib, the king, returned. With his messenger. His mess he sent his messenger. Well, and Sennacherib was stabbed to death in his own temple. That's right. So I'm saying to you, and I think that we're the message we want to convey today mm -hmm. is that God can turn it around in a moment. And don't have a conversation with a liar. All that's involved there are threats and false promises mm. trying to get you to compromise. Fear's narrative will never lead you to God's victory. Well, I would say, Hezekiah, we do see one area in which he had actually tried to tried to compromise to push back the enemy. Yeah. And the enemy wanted all the gold and the silver, and so he he acquiesced and he, he gave it, thinking that it was going to push them back, appease them, appease them. Mm -hmm. But it didn't. Mm -mm. It caused the besieging of Jerusalem. He only wanted more. That's what the enemy will never be satisfied. What's the old saying? You give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Every time, do not have a conversation with a liar. Let's pray today that God would just instill within us our trust in him. And let's just believe that no matter what the narrative may be around us, we are going to keep our, close our mouths, open our ears, listen to the voice of God, and let's watch God do what God can only do. He said, I will hear you. Yes. He said, I have heard you. It's a promise. You humbled yourself, Hezekiah. You prayed, and I heard and I responded. That sounds like a promise he had already made yes. whenever he inaugurated Solomon as the king, right? Absolutely. He said, if my people Which you call will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. What did he say? I will hear them from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. And also turn from their wicked ways. Mm -hmm. Let's turn away from the things of the world and let's turn to God. Would you pray with me right now? Father, in the name of the living God, we come before you confident, Lord God, in your ability to deliver, to set free. Father, we magnify your name in every situation that we face today. Lord, our trust and our hope is not in the arm of the flesh. It is not, Lord God, in man's ability. Our trust and confidence is in our God. And Lord, we believe today that, Lord, you do resist the proud. Those that believe they can make it and do it all on their own, Lord God. Lord, but you give grace, Lord God, empowering grace to the humble. And Lord, those that acknowledge yes. the fact that we are dependent upon you. Lord, we turn to you, the author and the finisher of our faith, and ask today, Lord God, that you will do, Lord God, and Lord, in a moment, a turnaround, yes, God. Lord God, of all the circumstances yes. that we face today. Lord, we love you. We thank, thank you, you. Let your will be done yes. in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless Amen. you. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you again real soon.